this is the I Don't Want to Fit In podcast. I'm Anung of Courageous Creativity, a place where I help fellow misfits and black sheep create freedom on their own terms. This podcast is all about other stories of not staying in the box, living lives that are out of the normal. Hey guys, I got another great interview for you. This is Danielle Desir. Desir, yes. <laughs> um, she also runs a thought card podcast and blog, but she also, I met her through WOC podcasting Facebook group, which is for women of color podcasters. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. So I just, honestly, I love having other women of color in there and I really love the Facebook group. I, I want to start with that because one, I get some people are kind of like, well, you're not colored enough to say you could do that. Like, like it's somehow it's a, is a stick or I get some extra bonus points for being in that category or not like it's somehow it's 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 its own category for like vegan like so it's kind of just I I love the community it's been very supportive for all of us to get in there right I get asked that all the time well you know if someone's like well I'm not a woman of color can I still join the community and I'm always like this is an inclusive community for women. Like the majority of us will be women of color, but I'm not going to shun you away because you don't identify as a woman of color. It's a unique space, but for me, it's more about the inclusion. And if I'm excluding people, I'm making all these prejudgments of them. And that's just not my lane and what I do. So it's definitely an inclusive community. And I always, I always welcome anyone who identifies as a woman to come and join us. And so how did you start the podcast group? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to April, 2018 and Spotify had a sound up bootcamp opportunity and they were looking for women of color podcasters who were aspiring podcasters. So all you had to do is have an idea and identify as a woman of color and you could win an opportunity for, there were 10 women who were going to get flied out to New York City and do a week-long boot camp with all these podcasting experts. And from those 10, one person would win $10,000. So when I saw this opportunity, mind you, this was not advertised on their main homepage. And this was not a big campaign. It was a very underground campaign, which a lot of people found through like, you know, the smaller blogs and different things like that. So I saw this opportunity and I applied and I thought, you know, this is the perfect opportunity. There's not many times that you see opportunities looking specifically for women of color and specifically for people who just have an idea who are new straight out the gate, no experience. So I applied. And one of the questions, the last question in the application was said something to the extent of, what would you like to see change in the podcasting industry? And I thought about it and I said, you know, I really would like to see a community formed for women of color podcasters so that we can all be together. Based off of my past experience looking at like Apple Podcast Top 100, I literally could count on my fingers, (laughs) maybe like my one hand, how many women of color podcasters I saw on the top 100 list. So I honestly thought that there weren't that many of us out there. And I honestly wholeheartedly thought that I was going to be one of the winners. I was like, how many people are there really who would be interested in this opportunity? So I applied and I, I, I added that blurb at the end. Now, fast forward to a month later, May 1st, Spotify was supposed to announce the winners of this competition. 
and I woke up super early. I think it was a Sunday morning. I woke up super early and no emails, nothing. I went on Twitter and I just so happened to, you know, type in like Spotify, Sounder Bootcamp, and I saw other women were tweeting about it, you know, anxiously, nervously. They were talking about podcasting and joined in the conversation. And, you know, over time, in a couple of hours, this hashtag was like really growing. And there were just so many women that I saw that were tweeting about this on a boot camp. And I was like, wait, this is this is really cool. There's so many of us out here who have us, you know, very like-minded. And I organized a Twitter list really quickly. But the one thing about Twitter lists is that it's really great for organizing for one-on-one conversations. But if you're trying to like engage a group or to really start discussions, it's really hard to navigate using a Twitter list. So I went ahead and created a Facebook group really quickly. Mind you, like I've I've been a moderator in Facebook groups, but it's face having a Facebook group was something I always wanted to have, but not something that I said I wanted to do. Like I didn't have a plan to do this, <laughs> but I quickly created a Facebook group and I called my mom a couple minutes later after I created the group and I was like breaking down and crying. Like I was just distraught. I was like, mom, like, I think I'm onto something really big and I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't think I have the skill sets or I have the know-how to create a Facebook group. I don't even have a podcast. Like, who am I to do this? Crying and just really like, just really out of it. My mom said to me, you know what? Like, don't worry about it. Relax. You're going to do fine. You're creating a space. Just enjoy the process. Don't put all these expectations for yourself. Just enjoy the process. So I opened the Facebook group up. I encourage everyone who I met on Twitter to join the Facebook group that that same day. And we had hundreds of people joining that day. And it just so happened that Spotify didn't really get back to us. Like we heard nothing for a good amount of time. I would say about a month later, they said, you know, they were able to say who won the application, the application process. But in the meantime, we're like, who cares? Like we already have a community. We're already starting our own podcast. We're already doing all the things. So there's no need, you know, if we lost, we weren't like completely distraught because we had a place to be in community with each other. So that's really the beginning of a WOC podcasters. Yeah. I do remember that because it's been a while since the Spotify thing. And yeah, I think someone who finally got a hold of them. They're like, there were so many people. It's kind of like you really didn't expect to have, a, like they were they were more surprised than I think what you sound like. Like there are actually a lot of people of color, like women of color, who want to do this. It's kind of like, they were actually sounded surprised. Like really, you really think yes. that we had the chance to like put our voices out there and do something creative, but some of us wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, we found out Spotify released the numbers that there were 18,000 applicants for this opportunity. Again, like I said, it wasn't through the main channels, it was through, you know, smaller blogs, word of mouth. So they I think that they thought this was a very small, you know, project. Uh maybe an intern was spearheading this, who knows, but it it, it really took us all aback. And for me as a community leader, I'm always looking at that original 18,000. If Spotify was able to, you know, to get 18,000, I have a lot of work to do. (laughs) I have a lot of work to do to capture that original number. But another statistic that's out there is that only 22% of podcasts are, are hosted by women of color. And statistics are facts. Like it's just facts. But at the end of the day, I feel like 
it's sort of misleading because you would think that there are not that many people who are podcasting who are women of color or people of color. And that's not true. I know so many women of color who are podcasting and uh, it's just a number that I say, okay, it's 22%, but we're growing. And um, it's, it's definitely having a place for us all to be together is very important. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely feel, I feel great. That's the only thing I do in Facebook anymore is just groups. I honestly, I do a little bit for like my own personal family stuff and friends, but I usually just go in for the groups. I want the community. I want the questions. I want to make sure that I can get things answered that honestly, I get less explanations and like shade from people. I, I've had a couple other groups that I had to just leave really quickly because the, fir- the first time I asked a question, I'm kind of like, yes, this is a newbie question. I did search in here. I did Google. And then the first person is kind of like, well, we, why do we have to help you with this? You didn't even do much work. It's like, damn person, don't even say anything. Right, right, right. And I think that's one of the unique things about our community is that there's no judgment. There's really no judgment. Anyone can come in and just ask a question and hopefully there'll be an answer. But a lot of times we're just all trying to figure it out. You know, we're all just trying to figure it out together. We're providing some guidance. Uh, but for me, I'm non-judgmental and that definitely, I see that in the community as well. So that's a great reflection in the community. Yeah, no, blame it. It's been great for me in the very beginning because through that and through other like other women I found in the group that I've actually met in person, and everything else. Like we we're all, some of us are making more than one podcast. We're doing, we're helping each other spin off products, figuring out how we're going to afford certain things, and it's just been, it's been absolutely great. I do love having that kind of community. That's less judgmental but also less pressure like there's certain other ones where like here are all these things like we have to do this stuff now is this is kind of like you got questions we'll figure it out you have lives some people have jobs people have kids so it's it's just you don't have to feel like you have i didn't finish start it yet i don't have i'm not i don't i can't be part of this thing because i didn't get it done in two weeks right 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 yes okay i do want to start talking about your podcast the thought card because i i do listen to it I, I skip around. I'm one of those weird people who don't like go from beginning to end. I f- do what I feel like listening to. So I'm like, oh, I want to hear this one because I love the topic or I love where you're at. And so how did you get started on the thought card? Yes. So going back to the Spotify application, my original idea was to do a different podcast. And the podcast I pitched to Spotify was not the podcast I have today, which is so funny. But the podcast is really a spinoff of my affordable travel finance blog. I've been blogging since 2015. And I had an idea of wanting to start a podcast since 2016. But again, I was just sitting on the idea. I thought I needed a co-host and just not really committing to getting it started. So when I had founded the WSC Podcasters Facebook group, that was in May 2018. And I had a meetup in New York City. And a bunch of the women who were attended, they were like, Danielle, like we love the community that you've you've cultivated here. We noticed that you don't have a podcast. What's going on? I was like, you're right. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Like, I'm just waiting for this imaginary co-host to come and, you know, help me and save me. Um, and that was really illuminating for me, uh, for me to realize that I don't need to wait for someone else to create something. And for me, it was just so much easier to create a podcast based off my already existing brand. And the great thing about it, if you're a blogger, you have so many existing skills that you've developed that will transfer over to being a successful podcaster. 
So I had the idea to start the podcast in July 2018. I gave myself a two-month runway to get the podcast launched, and I ended up launching in September September 2019, sorry, September 2018 with four episodes. And I really wanted it to focus on not be a duplicate of my blog. I wanted it to be a supplement to my blog. So to bring out the key concepts I thought was really important to financially savvy travelers, as well as really um, interviewing and having conversations with people who are doing creative things with, with their money and finding creative ways to travel. So that's really how it all started. Yeah. And honestly, there's been certain ones where I'm kind of like, I've done some of the things some of these people do and I feel better about it. Because I get other people who are kind of like, well, you can't afford it. Why are you doing it? And it's like, I went to a conference last year because I won tickets. And then I hustled my way to get so I can pay for the plane ticket. And I had people help me with the hotel kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, I literally couldn't afford it. If I went from beginning to end, had to pay for it all by myself. I didn't. I hustled it. I worked my way around. And so I got to travel and I also had a great experience. And so many people get stuck in the thought that if I can't afford it in cash, pretty much, then I don't deserve it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, mindset work that needs to be done with a lot of people. There's a lot of scarcity mode operating. Um, So for me, I always say that there is a way, as long as you have a will and you really want to do something, doors will open. Like I'm sure the giveaway and you winning those tickets, that opened a new door and that opened new possibilities. And um, that is really what my brand is all about because we always have these financial priorities that are competing with each other. But it doesn't mean that we have to postpone having a fulfilling life and doing the things that we really value. So for me, it's about how do I afford travel and still build wealth and pay off my debt and be a homeowner and, 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 and. So I don't want to just, you know, just focus on one thing. I want to be, I enjoy being this multifaceted person and my finances align with that. So that's really the goal of the podcast. And it's, it's really inspiring to hear other people who have a very similar mindset as well. Okay, so I, I know that I'm throwing this at you, but what is at least one tip that you got from someone else for getting to travel more? Like whether it's mindset, whether it's making the money, whether it's how to pay off debt, like what was something that kind of like surprised you? Yes, one of my episodes was featuring Nadine White and uh, Nadine really talked about how luxury travel for less. And for me, I always had this thought, well, you know, I'm a financially savvy traveler and I'm not a budget traveler. Like there's a very big difference between budget and financially savvy. Like financially savvy for me means that I do have the funds to spend, but it really depends on what I'm spending it on. I don't want to be wasteful. I really want my my finances to align with what I value, but I'm not necessarily going to stay at a hostel. You know, that's not going to be my first choice. So there is a big difference for me. But in that interview, Nadine really talked about her mindset when it comes to luxury travel and how she prioritizes it and really identifying her travel style. So everyone has things that when they're traveling, they value. You might be valuing a hotel versus the first, you know, first class ticket on the airfare or business class versus when you're on the ground and a destination, you might want to enjoy different types of tours. So she really helped me to refine what my travel style is and understanding that when you have a limited amount of funds, you have to pick and choose 
what you prioritize. And it doesn't necessarily have to uh, forego um, more luxurious experiences. So for me, that mindset was really illuminating. And I, I definitely uh, see myself more enjoying more, uh, more experiences than just going for the cheapest thing at all times. Oh, definitely. I, I do remember when I was in high, uh, college doing traveling. Yeah, it was a little different. I, I did a little bit more budgeting, but it was kind of like I was more there to just experience and travel. But as I got out of college, made a little bit more, had a little more like under my belt. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not. I could have gone to like a cheap Airbnb with like four other people for this last trip. But I was like, no, I really, I am an introvert. I need my time away. I need some quiet. So I made sure I got myself a room that I only shared it with one person for the first night. That's all she needed it for. She had an emergency that she couldn't get into her thing the whole night. She was like, okay, that saved me some money. But then the rest of the weekend, I had the room to myself. I was able to have time to myself and just, if I wanted to get away, I had, I didn't have to worry about it. And that was kind of like, I was being frugal in a way, but I was also not limiting myself. Right. Right. So what are some of the things you've done to get to travel? Like, what are your favorite places you love to do and found like cheaper ways to do it that people wouldn't think were available? Yeah. So for me, what I specialize in is finding cheap flights and finding affordable flights. Not necessarily um, hacking, credit card hacking. I do do credit card hacking, but for me, I just really enjoy finding ways to, ha- you know, fly to a different destination for pennies on a dollar compared to all these other people on the flight. So it just brings me lots of joy. So again, I think when you're thinking about what your travel style is, figuring out what's one area that you want to focus a lot of your energy to maximizing that potential. So for me, it's finding. It's finding cheap flights. And I couple that with making sure that I have a really robust savings system. A lot of people, they see travel as a vacation once a year or maybe twice a year. But for me, travel is embedded in my lifestyle. And to make that financially possible, it has to be like every other bill on my list, right? So I have, let's say, my mortgage and my gym memberships and my car payment. Travel is lumped into that. Travel is lumped in as a bill, and that's how I prioritize it. A lot of people, you know, they're, they're saving for this one opportunity, one trip, but for me, I'm saving for travel endlessly. It's a part of my lifestyle, and I always have money saved up for a road trip or a flight. Whenever I see a flight deal, I could I could jump on it because I have the finances there and I do it routinely. So again, I think it's number one, finding about what out of the travel, like when you're traveling, what do you prioritize? That's great. That's number one. But also when it comes to your saving routine and your budgeting routine, making sure that you include travel as a line item in your budget. It doesn't have to be hundreds of dollars. You know, it could start, you could start off at $25 every pay period and making sure that's tucked away at the end of the year, that's money that, you know, you maybe didn't have before. So, uh, these are just small tweaks that really can make you propel having, uh, you travel as a major part of your lifestyle. Oh, I never even thought about making it kind of like a bill like that right there. When you said, you said that I was like, Oh my God, write that down. <laughs> I, I love that idea. Like I, I actually have like a bill tracker, like worksheet that sits on my wall. So I see everything and I have dates kind of figure out. And like, I just have like little notes for certain ones where like some bills take, like they come out on a day, but it takes them like four days before it comes out of my account kind of thing. Like it's, 
there but it's not like i really should just put in weekly or monthly like i need to make sure there's like an extra 200 dollars put into my account my savings account and because i love the idea of that since i'm not tethered to having children i don't have like a specific job that i have to be at all the time i have temps i have my business and everything else that i can drop things and if i find a deal like there was one that i wish i could have made it for to go to iceland like it was the plane tickets were like $80 round trip. And I'm like, I could have done. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because Iceland is one of my favorite, favorite countries in the world. And I've actually written a book all about Iceland. But again, that goes like, I really, don't get me wrong, like credit card hacking is important. is an important part of a strategy if you want to up level. But at a bare minimum, having a separate big account that you call, you know, your travel fund, your go to Iceland fund, your go to Japan fund, whatever it is that you're working towards, but having a separate big account devoted to your travel savings and then saving for travel regularly. And doesn't, again, doesn't have to be a huge amount, but just getting into the practice of saving for something on an everyday basis is how I'm able to quickly jump on a flight deal. And, you know, I'm at the point with, even with my friends, because originally when I was pitching this, you know, pitching flights to my friends, they're like, oh, I don't have the money. I was like, okay, guys, let's, let's get a system here. Let's get a routine to see if we could, you know, improve that. And now I'm at the point where I could, you know, email my friends or text my friends like, hey, I found a really good deal. Like I find great deals all the time. Like I find, I've flown to Iceland for less than $300. I'm going to Madrid for less than $300 in May. Um, we went to China for less than $400. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities out there to travel affordably, but you have to have the funds. I always say that travel, people who try to pretend that travel doesn't cost money is lying to you. They're lying to you and they're trying to promote their agenda. Travel does cost money, but it doesn't have to be expensive. So with that fact, making sure that you have some reserves can really help you take advantage of these great opportunities. Yeah, no, I do, I do have the credit card thing going and I don't try too hard with it. It's kind of like, I already pay certain bills that I know I could pay off right away. And that does great for my credit as well as getting mileage. But no, I part of, I love the idea of having just funds reserved. Like there's always the emergency one. There's always one for saving for travel. But like, I honestly, I don't, I actually have heard so many people say like, they just have one savings account. And I was like, okay, well, but what's it for? Like, is how, it do you, just- how do you admit? I have 11. <laughs> yeah. I have 11 big accounts. So my mindset and my budgeting system is just so different. And it, it stems from the fact that I'm not good with keeping everything in one place. So, no. and I'm so much better when things are automated. So it just works for me that way. But I think it's about it's about taking a critical look at your finances and saying, okay, is this really working for me? Am I really doing the best I can do with what I have coming in? And if that question, if that answer to the question is, is, you know, I can improve, then it's about finding, finding and experimenting new, new ways and new strategies to see if you can optimize it. That's how I came up with my 11. Um, because number, the number one big account was just not working for me. So. Yeah. yeah no, I, I actually took part of mine from the idea of called profit first. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I got the idea. I don't follow it like by the letter and everything else, but I love having the idea of kind of like, okay, yeah, they say you should not do everything savings account, but it's like certain things I'm not going to touch very often. I'd rather have it for like when I save for um, 
like a home. I save for vacations and everything else. I want, I have certain things and I do change the name sometimes. Like this is, I'm going to Japan. I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to Europe or Ireland or whatever else. Like I like having on there because I feel like it's kind of a, as a manifestation of like, it's there. I'm putting money in it. I'm going here. It's happening kind of thing. Yes. It makes it real. Definitely. I definitely label all my big accounts as well. It also just makes it easier to navigate. Like when you're in your banking banking app or on the website, you can see, oh yes. Okay. I have X amount of money for this particular, particular goal. Like it's just a great feeling, even if it's, you know, manifestation is one, but number two is just to keep you organized. It just makes it so much easier. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I, I will, I'm practical, but I'm also a little woo woo. I'm like, Nothing's been disproved either way. So I'm kind of like, might as well try it. It doesn't like take a lot of time and energy out of my life. So it's not like some people were kind of like, oh, I just got a, I just did this huge like ritual kind of thing. And it took me three hours to do. I'm like, I don't have the thought process to finish that. Yeah. I think having a healthy balance, I think manifestation and your mindset is a huge, 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 huge part of uh, financial success. So I think really just being open to experimenting and trying different things. And, and a lot of times you might try something like I try, I try the cash envelope system where you would have an envelope for each of your budget categories. It doesn't really work for me. You know, I try that. That's not my strategy, Uh, but finding something that works. And also I think a lot of people, when they find something that works, they might abandon it after a couple of months. They're like, let me just take a break from this. Let me just try something else. But I think if you find something that works, stick with that and make that part of your routine um, instead of kind of jumping all over the place. Um, that just for me has helped. So being very consistent and uh, being very stable, uh, those are those are really great things. Yeah. So having a routine, a habit of being saving for rule and everything else can give you the freedom to be spontaneous on other stuff. Like that's, that's kind of the point of like you do smart habitable things with your money so you can spend it spontaneously traveling. Yes. And yeah, definitely. And you know, traveling is just one of the pieces that I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm passionate about paying off my mortgage right now, um, retiring early at the age of 45. These are all really big goals that I have. Um, but these are all working together. Again, like I'm a multifaceted saver. So I'm, I always have different things that I'm working on. Um, and really believing that I can accomplish all of them is really important. But again, having the strategies behind that and making sure that whatever you have your mindset on, it gets done is really important. So mindset and also taking actionable steps. Oh, yes, definitely. I want to re- go through my bank accounts now and redo things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm doing decent, but it's kind of one of the things I'm like, ooh, what else can I like add in here? And <laughs> Optimize. Yeah, a little optimization. Yes. All right. Thank you for coming on. This was definitely very helpful. I love the idea of traveling and the practical ways of doing it, but also just senses the community from the WOC Facebook group too. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So everyone will have in the show notes links to your podcast, your websites and everything else. If they have any questions, if you have any freebies you want to give out, that'll all be linked there for them. Yes. And I also wanted to mention, if you loved this discussion all about saving for travel, I do have a new book that is out right now called Affording Travel. And I share step-by-step strategies for saving for travel and making it part of your lifestyle, not just a one-time vacation, but making it part of your lifestyle. Awesome. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. Check out CourageousCreativity.co to get all the info on our guests, download any freebies, or to check out my other podcasts.